Welcome to Curveball the Pod. On today's podcast, we have the pleasure of having Antoine Millar. Antoine got his bachelor's in math and physics from Stanislaus Paris and a master's of science and business from Ecole des Points. In today's podcast, we will dive into his career as CEO, VC investor, and entrepreneur. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Did you always know that you were going to have to leverage your network or that's what you wanted to do? Actually, no, but uh, that's the thing in life. I mean, you discover you got some skills that, uh, uh, you know, are untapped. I mean, when I was younger, I was very good in math and physics. I wanted to do a career as a researcher. or And and then I realized, you know, there are things in life that makes you learn, especially when you experience some difficulties uh, in, in whatever sense. And, and then you start developing empathy with people and developing a keen interest in them. And I guess, uh, uh, and that together with, uh, before the, the word ethics was coined, you know, like doing business in, in a very honest uh, and, and friendly manner is, is, I would say, what I would define. And, and obviously, you get the rewards of that. And, uh, and that is that, uh, uh, you, know, you, you know, I've got an extensive network, I mean, which grows. And uh, of of uh, of uh, that is that I nurture naturally. Wow, and that sounds quite amazing. Being able to kind of have a large rolodex of people. Can you talk a little bit about how that has helped you throughout your career? Yeah, sure. You know, I did for, when I was in Edge Funds. I did all the, the different uh, positions uh, from the ground up, and uh, and I was interested again in in how people. I mean, like. Uh, look at stocks and, and the likes. But then, uh, obviously, when you become a fund manager, you want to, to raise money. And, uh, and so you, you go to CLPs and, um, and you go to CLPs where they are. And that means mostly in the US. And so, and you start with the big ones and uh, you got to believe in yourself. And obviously, over more so if you have found some uh, uh, market inefficiencies, which by definition proves that you are the only one who has seen them because otherwise it would not exist. And then so you, you reach out and you got to make your process and your thinking understandable. And you got to adapt to uh, different kinds of people with different kinds of levels and communicate the, the, the passion that uh, animates you. Can you talk a little bit about what your goals are as a professor when it comes to kind of the way that you want your students to enter the workforce? So I teach usually mostly at master level, MBA level and the likes, um, because I, I like, there are people that are good of taking somebody from this level to this level. And, I, and, I try, and I'm better at, at getting people from a good level to a very good level. So what I want to teach them is to be able to think by themselves and find a solution and be actors in order to save our planet, our life, you know, the life of our children. And so, and not take anything for granted. And basically, I, I try to, you know, once we have studied, you know, different subjects, you know, I, 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 I make bridges, and again, that's the civil engineering thing, uh, between subject matters. And uh, in order to help them solve a problem that is not very well uh, posed and where there are missing data and, and, and the like. 
Yeah. And I think that's something that is super important of kind of like instilling that you know, values into your students and taking them to that new level is what now these people could do to other people around them. And that is really important because you want the next generation to be better than the previous one. And obviously, you always have those people in your life that are able to have a certain impact, as well as um, they teach you valuable stuff. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit, uh, like a theoretical question. If everything you were ever taught was erased and you could only leave one piece and you could only save one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I would say something that I, that I uh, uh, quite liked is when you meet with somebody, uh, was somebody who, who told me, try to find the uh, um, Alibaba's cave and all the treasures in that somebody. Because everybody has them. Sometimes it's buried quite deep. But, you know, don't stop until you found something completely unique in, in the other person. And, and that will, this way you will uh, um, um, not uh, uh, think of people as objects, but of uh, subjects. You will not, you know, want to control everything. You will not think that you are superior to everybody. Well, in, you know, in trading, if you want to beat the market, you've got to be superior to others, but on, on something very specific. And that doesn't mean that you're better in, in all uh, kind of ways. So, uh, so, so I would go for uh, uh, trying to find something beautiful in everybody. Yeah, for sure. And you could always see the positive if you look into certain situations. And that's kind of what is the beauty of life. Every single situation has a good thing and a bad thing. It depends on how you look at it. And I think that's something that's super important that you're working on currently is being an impact investor. One thing that is super important is kind of with this new generation of impact investors is that we have a lot more technology that is being worked on right now. So like, for example, you have these new um industries that didn't exist maybe like 20 to 30 years ago. What are some industries within the impact investing sector that you think are going to make a big change? I would say that there's a lot. Uh, the thing is that we have a lot of urgencies. So I'm going to talk more about the pain points, but we got so these urgencies. I mean, one is climate change, obviously, uh, but biodiversity is right after and what is what I found very difficult and frustrating with impact is that sometimes, or, or, or quite often, in fact, you know, if you want to optimize again climate change, it may not be the best for biodiversity, and likewise, it may not be the best for social benefits, and and it is very it's quite difficult to solve. Well, can you talk a little bit more about? Uh, what brings you excitement about this industry? Okay, so I moved out of the hedge fund industry, uh, which was very smart and with bright people. Uh, but because the only output, the, the only thing that you created was a track record. Uh, so, so, so a line hopefully going up. And that's why I liked entrepreneur and my dad has been an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, it's that you build something. And you know, as a VC, you you help 
co-create something uh, that will last hopefully some time and, and solve some some issues. So so that's uh, uh, what I find uh, very exciting. And and I will say also is that because it's new, it attracts a, a lot more younger people, and uh, and especially uh, uh, women and people from. Uh, diversity backgrounds, so so which is uh, uh, which is quite nice. Uh, what is a little bit tricky is that right now uh, uh, there are you know we can see that in VCs and in asset managers as well. You know, there's one analysis which is financial analysis, which is done by a financial analyst. And there is ESG or impact analysis that is done by by other people. And these other people do not get paid as much or much at all. And uh, and so and it is done often a little bit exposed. I mean, which is an issue. So so it's a different issue from you know should risk managers be paid you know as much as as PMs? And I would strongly disagree, but. But again, I mean, like the thing is that right now, I mean, like ESG analysis and the likes is done very often like uh, a risk management tool. And with the real price of risk not being uh, um, exactly measured as, um, as it should be. Oh, and ESG analysis is something that is a really hot industry right now. And one question that I have because it always comes up is, isn't a lot of tech companies that are working on like public sector specifically, aren't all of their success stories in a way all ESG compliant because they are making uh, citizens' lives easier, more efficient? So how do you start specific that to be ESG as opposed to the company's mission okay so okay so there's news for you like um, depending on your definition of ESG and uh, you know like um, if people look at for best in class or, or, or whatever almost any company can be ESG compliant you know you've seen the uh, the S&P uh, ESG index I mean Exxon is there so okay so 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 great and but sometimes it can be difficult. I mean, like, what about weapon manufacturers? You know, before I mean, like, people would say, no, you can't really invest in in weapon manufacturers. But now, you know, if you you see the defensive side of them, I mean, like, to maintain peace, sure, why not? And what about gas? I mean, like, the, the you know, uh, some people think that uh, uh, gas is is better than uh, than uh, than uh, nuclear energy, I, 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 you know, for if you only look at climate change, I mean, the the, the answer is very easy, and it's uh, not at all. On the contrary, so it's all a question of 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 risk and what kind of risk do you measure, and uh, and with uh, probability attached to it. So anything can be ESG to answer your question. And many things are tech for good because you know uh, everything solves. You know, problem and uh, whatever. Take for impact. It's a little bit more difficult because the the essence of a company, I mean, should be meant to solve you know uh, some kind of uh, environmental or social problem. Sure. And 
I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, because we were talking about power, uh, what you think about what's going to happen with gas prices going up, electric vehicles are something that a lot more people are resourcing to, but there's a limit to how many electrical batteries could be produced because of the effects that they do have to our climate, as well as the materials to make them may run out. And there there are companies that are coming out there trying to come up with energy in other sorts of ways. What do you think the next form of power is going to be? Well, that's obviously a very complex uh, uh, question. You know, there are limits to getting lithium or whatever. So uh, the question is that should the states intervene? You know, we've seen it with China. It's good if the state intervene and, and, and launch a certain guidance and, uh, and an initial push. Should everything be banned in Europe in 2035 or, or whatever? I think it's, um, again, that's an example. You know, you push climate change at the expense of people that are poor and who can't afford changing their car. Uh, obviously, you can, you know, help them buy a new car, but still, and uh, so... Uh, so it's complex. And as for energy, you know, it depends, you know, like Georgia, it depends on if if uh, what we talk is uh, is about energy storage or energy um, or source of uh, or the source of energy. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who would criticize wind turbines and, uh, and, um, and, 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 and whatever. I think there's a, there's a big question with intermittent uh, uh, power generation. So it helps, but on the other hand, you've got to have gas uh, that you can uh, use very quickly, very easily. Uh, on the other hand, so so and what is the life cycle of um, such a medium? Uh, I I don't know. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's changing, and uh, and the technologies will get more efficient all the time. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, unfortunately, a believer in technology can believe can change uh, everything. Uh, it can change all our problems, and I think that sometimes, you know, like uh, uh, we in VCs, you know, invest in a limited number of companies that, and we hope that one of them, a few of them, will do extremely well. In reality, so that's a way to solve, you know, the pain point about uh, climate change. But uh, in reality, sometimes the solution comes from the bottom and from having an, a, a, a really large number of small companies, I mean, uh, doing their part or even individuals or associations, not necessarily companies. So I not something that the impact funds could or the VC funds could invest in. Impact funds sometimes. For sure. And do you think that there's any re-engineering that is going to be done? I know there are companies currently right now that are working on the re-engineering of wind turbines uh, because one of the issues with wind turbines is because they take up a lot of space. So I know there are companies out there that are trying to kind of come up with the same type of energy as wind turbines do, but instead of taking up a lot of space where it, uh, it spins uh, around, it will now shake side to side and generate power. Do you think that is also going that type of re-engineering is possible when it comes to electric cars and maybe you won't use a lithium battery, but there may be a substitute that is possible. Or do you think that 
there's going to be an all new together type of solution to power these vehicles. Well, is it going to be an evolution or revolution? So who knows? It could be both at different times. And uh, what I would say is that uh, one energy that um, there are a few, not that many people uh, um, use and that has been difficult to tame is uh, is wave energy. And uh, and I think, I mean, there's a lot to be done there. It sounds like you you mentioned quite a lot on energy as well as some of your passion projects. Can you talk a little bit about some advice that you would give to a young a person right now who's interested in going and becoming a venture capitalist? And because one thing that we did notice is that people tend to have careers before they go into VC. What's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to fill the shoes of a VC partner? There are two ways to, to, to enter VC. So it's at the bottom or at the top. It depends in which organizations at uh, Andrusin or Witz that's at the top. In, in most of the others, you start at the bottom. But you don't start at the bottom straight from university. I mean, you get an experience. So in my days, you know, you got to, to go either in uh, investment banking or, or strategy consulting at the top three names and uh, having graduated from the top three schools and, uh, and the likes. Now, what VCs are, and I know because I've been one of, I am one of them and uh, because I work in hedge funds, is that basically you are a portfolio manager. So you allocate for, uh, money uh, across different opportunities and with different sizes and, and the likes, and then you, you, you raise a fund I mean, to, to pay the bills I mean, through your management fees. And basically, the key of is, is you decide whether to invest or not and not necessarily improve a company that much. Uh, or at least that's, that's what Tiger Global do, does. That's what many European VCs do. I mean, like, there's another way, which is basically being an entrepreneur first. But very often, it could be also that VCs are different kind of people they, because they like something varied and they like moving from one project to the next, which is fine and which I can relate to. But, you know, people now can start at the Googles of the world uh, and um, uh, get a certain experience for one or two years after um, a master in artificial intelligence and then uh, move to some kind of unicorn and then launch their own, phone, uh, their own company. And, and then they would become, uh, I, I don't know that if that's the goal, but like they would be way richer than... Uh, VC, uh, but for the ones that are going to be successful, which is a very small percentage, you know, 1% or, or less. Whereas, obviously, if you've got a portfolio approach, you're more likely to be quite rich, but not as rich as if you put all your eggs in, in, uh, in one basket. So, so that's the thing you've got to ask yourself, what kind of people are you? Thank you so much, Antoine, for coming by our podcast today and giving us some great advice. We'll put in the show notes uh, links for people to be able to find you. And if there's something you want to say to the audience, now is your chance. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you so much. So um, um, I hope that, uh, you know, some of the things I said, uh, you know, are going to resonate with you. And uh, I think... Um, I strongly believe that uh, uh, it's 
uh, it's the new generations that are going to solve the problems that uh, 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 the later generation left you. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, and so I, I wish you all well and uh, and do count on you. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for saying uh, your, uh, for coming on to today's podcast. We had a great time. 